Welcome to Wednesday's edition of Transformation Radio. Hi, my name is J.R. Rodriguez. I'm 31 years old and I'm from Cleveland, Ohio. I had a good childhood up until I was about 11 and then my uh, family started moving around and we moved to uh, the suburbs out of the inner city and that's when I really started using drugs. People had more money out there, it was more accessible, there was more freedom for me. And by the time I was 16, I was already smoking, using, selling, smuggling drugs. Everything I did really revolved around drugs. I did very well in high school. I, I mean, I was a straight-A student. I graduated early. I uh, went to college and got my degree before I was 21. But shortly after that, I started getting in a lot of trouble. I was, I was selling and smuggling drugs just so I could uh, support my habits, pay for my bills. I've been out of prison numerous times for the last 10 years. I have a 9-year-old daughter. Her name is Eva. She is by far my best friend on this planet and uh, by getting to know God and changing my life I can really make her proud of me and I can learn how to love her more and learn how to love myself more and I want to create a better quality of life for the both of us. With all the tools and the blessings that I've been given like the, the refuge and the people in the refuge I know that I have a hope for the future that I've never had before. I'm excited about the next day. I'm not, I'm not nervous about what might happen. I'm, I'm excited and anxious for what's going to happen. Thank you for listening. Oh, man. Oh, man. Let my soul join the 
Time now for our reading here in the New Testament. And it comes from the book of Luke, chapter 6, verse 39. And we'll go through chapter 7, verse 10. Here's a brief overview of some of what we'll be reading about today. Hey, make sure you're following the right teachers and leaders, because you will go no farther than they do. Look for leaders who will show you more about faith and whose guidance you can trust. Jesus doesn't mean we should ignore wrongdoing, but we should not be so worried about others' sins that we overlook our own. We often rationalize our sins by pointing out the same mistakes in others. What kinds of specks in others' eyes are the easiest for you to criticize? Remember your own logs when you feel like criticizing, and you may find that you have less to say. We should not be so afraid of the label hypocrite that we stand still in our Christian life, hiding our faith and making no attempts to grow. A person who tries to do right but often fails is not a hypocrite. Neither are those who fulfill their duty even when they don't feel like doing it. Often it's necessary and good to set aside our desires in order to do what needs to be done. It is not hypocrisy to be weak in faith, not at all. A hypocrite is a person who only puts on religious behavior in order to gain attention or approval or admiration from others. Jesus reminds us that our speech and actions reveal our true underlying beliefs, attitudes, and motivations. The good impressions we try to make cannot last if we're being deceptive. What's in your heart will come out in your speech and behavior. As a man thinketh in his heart, so is he or she. Now, why would people build a house without a foundation? Perhaps to save time and avoid the hard work of preparing the stone. Possibly because the waterfront scenery is more attractive or because beach houses have higher social status than cliff houses. Perhaps because they want to join their friends who've already settled in sandy areas. Maybe because they haven't heard about the violent storms coming, because uh, they have uh, discounted the reports, or because they think disaster can't happen to them. Well, whatever the reason... Whatever, those with no foundation are short-sighted and they will be sorry. Obeying God is like building a house on a strong, solid foundation that stands firm when storms come. When life is calm, our foundations don't seem to matter. But when crisis comes, our foundations are tested. Be sure your life is built on the solid foundation of knowing and trusting Jesus Christ. And with that, let's begin our reading today here in the New Testament. March 25th, the New Testament, Luke chapter 6, verse 39, through chapter 7, verse 10. Then Jesus gave the following illustration. Can one blind person lead another? Won't they both fall into a ditch? Students are not greater than their teacher, but the student who is fully trained will become like the teacher. And why worry about a speck in your friend's eye when you have a log in your own? How can you think of saying, friend, let me help you get rid of that speck in your eye. When you can't see past the log in your own eye, hypocrite, first get rid of the log in your own eye. Then you will see well enough to deal with the speck in your friend's eye. A good tree can't produce bad fruit, and a bad tree can't produce good fruit. A tree is identified by its fruit. Figs are never gathered from thorn bushes, and grapes are not picked from bramble bushes. A good person produces good things from the treasury of a good heart, and an evil person produces evil things from the treasury of an evil heart. 
What you say flows from what is in your heart. So, why do you keep calling me Lord, Lord, when you don't do what I say? I will show you what it's like when someone comes to me, listens to my teaching, and then follows it. It is like a person building a house who digs deep and lays the foundation on solid rock. When the floodwaters rise and break against that house, it stands firm because it is well built. But anyone who hears and doesn't obey is like a person who builds a house without a foundation. When the floods sweep down against that house, it will collapse into a heap of ruins. When Jesus had finished saying all this to the people, he returned to Capernaum. At that time, the highly valued slave of a Roman officer was sick and near death. When the officer heard about Jesus, he sent some respected Jewish elders to ask him to come and heal his slave. So they earnestly begged Jesus to help the man. If anyone deserves your help, he does, they said. For he loves the Jewish people, and even built a synagogue for us. So Jesus went with them, but just before they arrived at the house, the officer sent some friends to say, Lord, don't trouble yourself by coming to my home, for I am not worthy of such an honor. I am not even worthy to come and meet you. Just say the word from where you are, and my servant will be healed. I know this because I am under the authority of my superior officers, and I have authority over my soldiers. I only need to say, Go, and they go, or come, and they come. And if I say to my slaves, Do this, they do it. When Jesus heard this, he was amazed. Turning to the crowd that was following him, he said, I tell you, I haven't seen faith like this in all Israel. And when the officer's friends returned to his house... They found the slave completely healed. Psalm 68, verses 1 through 18. Well, this psalm begins just like Moses' cry in Numbers chapter 10, verse 35, as the Israelites followed the Ark of the Covenant. It undoubtedly brought to mind the time when David led a joyous procession and brought the Ark from the house of Obed-Edom to Jerusalem. With shouts of praise and the sound of trumpets... David and his people took the holy ark toward Mount Zion. It was a time to sing praises to the Lord, whose presence brings great joy. Only in God is there hope for orphans, widows, prisoners, and all other lonely people. If you are lonely or disadvantaged, join David in praise and discover great joy from loving and praising God. Well, David praised God for his protection and provision. When we see God's true majesty... Well, our response should be to praise Him. This was a song of faith because many of these benefits uh, had not yet come true in David's time. It should also be our song of faith. We must continue to trust God because in time He will fulfill all His promises. Now, Mount Sinai had a prominent role in Israelite history. It was at Mount Sinai that God met Moses and commissioned him to lead Israel out of Egypt. It was to Mount Sinai that the nation of Israel returned to receive God's laws, and God's presence made the entire mountain tremble. The sacred mountain was a constant reminder of God's words and promises. Psalm 68, verses 1 through 18. For the choir director, a song, a psalm of David. Rise up, O God, and scatter your enemies. Let those who hate God run for their lives. Blow them away like smoke. 
Melt them like wax in a fire. Let the wicked perish in the presence of God. But let the godly rejoice. Let them be glad in God's presence. Let them be filled with joy. Sing praises to God and to His name. Sing loud praises to Him who rides the clouds. His name is the Lord. Rejoice in His presence. Father to the fatherless, defender of widows, this is God, whose dwelling is holy. God places the lonely in families. He sets the prisoners free and gives them joy. But He makes the rebellious live in a sun-scorched land. O God, when You led Your people out from Egypt, when You marched through the dry wasteland, interlude, the earth trembled and the heavens poured down rain. Before You, the God of Sinai, before God, the God of Israel, You sent abundant rain, O God, to refresh the weary land. There Your people finally settled. And with a bountiful harvest, O God, You provided for Your needy people. The Lord gives the word, and a great army brings the good news. Enemy kings and their armies flee, while the women of Israel divide the plunder. Even those who lived among the sheepfolds found treasures, doves with wings of silver and feathers of gold. The Almighty scattered the enemy kings like a blowing snowstorm on Mount Zalmon. The mountains of Bashan are majestic, with many peaks stretching high into the sky. Why do you look with envy, O rugged mountains, at Mount Zion, where God has chosen to live, where the Lord Himself will live forever? Surrounded by unnumbered thousands of chariots, the Lord came from Mount Sinai into His sanctuary. When you ascended to the heights, you led a crowd of captives. You received gifts from the people, even from those who rebelled against you. Now the Lord God will live among us there. Proverbs chapter 11, verse 28. Trust in your money, and down you go. But the godly flourish like leaves in spring. Find us 
Light in my soul, the joy, 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 making me whole. Though I'm broken, I am running into your arms of love, into your arms. Here's today's in touch devotion. Today's scripture reading is First Corinthians chapter three, verses one through three. And I, brethren, could not speak to you as to spiritual men. But as to men of flesh, as to infants in Christ, I gave you milk to drink, not solid food, for you were not yet able to receive it. Indeed, even now you are not yet able, for you are still fleshly. For since there is jealousy and strife among you, are you not fleshly, and are you not walking like mere men? It would seem that in a world of such plenty, there should be great contentment. Yet even in the most prosperous countries, the opposite is true in most cases. Why are so many people unhappy, anxious, unsettled, and discontent? First, it's because most of the world does not know Jesus Christ personally. Second, many people, even in privileged circumstances, are living on leftovers, emotions and attitudes left over from the way they were raised. For instance, those who, as children, felt they could never measure up to expectations, are likely to experience feelings of inadequacy, rejection, and guilt as adults. They may also deal with resentment and hostility. And grown-ups who walk away from responsibilities or commitments when they don't get their way, are frequently the ones whose parents caved in to their every desire. This is why it's so detrimental to respond to children's temper tantrums by giving in to their demands. The adult pitfall of low self-esteem often is created by a lack of childhood acceptance and affirmation. It's important for children to learn that they are of tremendous value to Christ. Their sense of security should come not from possessions, but from a personal relationship with Him. Otherwise, they may grow into materialistic adults. The behaviors that bind us start early. By the same token, positive mindsets can also be ingrained at a young age. Let's take this as a strong reminder to regard children as the gifts they truly are.
today on Minute with Maxwell is follow-up. Debbie Biggs from Goodyear, Arizona, who is a consultant, wanted me to talk about it. Debbie, I hope you're on my coaching team. I need you. I need people just like you. I've often said that there are basically two bookends to success. Uh, The front end is the ability to initiate, and the back end is the ability to close or to follow up. Now, I think all of us are naturally either initiators or closers. I'm not sure that we have an equal balance. For example, I am a natural initiator. I see opportunity and I can just get to the crack of that as quickly as I possibly can. And because of that, what I've realized, Debbie, is I need to have people around me that are good with the closing of the door and the follow-up and the details and all the background stuff. And so as I think of that word follow-up, which is a great word, thanks for sending it in, I want to take just a moment and thank all of my people on the John Maxwell team, the John Maxwell company, for just literally following up for me. Because of you, uh, we're having some great success. Stop bleeding until your heart stops kick drum beating when it's hard times when it's long days and the enemy is right up in your face when your back's against the ropes and you're feeling all alone keep fighting the
Thanks for listening to today's podcast. Make sure to tune in tomorrow for the next edition of Transformation Radio.